Welcome, this is the Effective Challenge podcast. My name's Damien and this is where I discuss topics that are relevant to both individuals and teams and the content is aimed at things that you can practically do to improve your performance and as a result of that, the results you're able to achieve. I'm really interested in any comments you got around the content or perhaps topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. Uh, Please drop me a line, it's Damien at effectivechallenge.com. That's Damien, D-A-M-I-A-N, at effectivechallenge.com. Welcome to this week's episode, episode 13 of the Effective Challenge podcast start as I usually do really a big thank you to to everyone that that provided feedback on the last episode which was the the first of of uh, in a series of four episodes where I'm looking at one of the models that I use when when working with both individuals and teams and that was that's my best model where we look at uh, the behaviors the environment we operate in the, the skills that we have and and the choices we make for how we use our time so, so the last episode really was looking at some of the behaviours that I think I will need and some of the behaviours that I will need to perhaps get better at, perhaps uh, get rid of, um, in support of my project to ride the 2020 Tour of Flanders, my project Rond. So I'm going to continue in that series and today's focus is really going to look at the environmental aspect of, of, of the best model. And probably worth recapping what what I mean by by environment and, and the context of, of that. So this is really an acknowledgement that, you know, whatever pursuit that we are involved in, uh, there are a bunch of things that are coming into and impacting on, on the, the world we operate in. And I'm not talking uh, exclusively here about environment as in being good for the planet, more being good for your world. You're in the things that are going to kind of either help you or get in the way of, of whatever you're looking to achieve. Now, why, why do I think that's so important? Well, you know, either implicitly or explicitly, we allow things into our environments that that maybe uh, serve us really well. But inevitably, we also find that we have things in our environments that that kind of hinder us, that that hinder what we're we're trying to to achieve. I often find uh, when perhaps working with teams in, in, a, in a business context that you know really nowhere near enough consideration is given to the environment that, that people find themselves in. Yeah and that it's pretty far-reaching this topic it can be as small or as big as you want to make it I mean by 
I guess some of the bigger things it would be, you know, what, what, what's your purpose? You know, why, why are you operating? You know, what's the level of goals that you've got? What's the plans that you've got? You know, they're all part of uh, things that are in your environment, right the way through to things like temperature in your meeting room. Uh, I was uh, running a workshop yesterday uh, with a group group of 16 um one end of the room was uh quite close to where the the air conditioning vent was they was all you know uh, a, a, a break all kind of commenting about how uncomfortable it felt because it was so cold in the room um now why is that so important so i guess there's something about well we we tend to to operate a bit better when we feel a bit better but also to think that um, when we're in meetings, particularly as the one yesterday, it was you know it was a lot to get through. There was some quite complex, quite tricky, knotty, knotty things to to navigate our way through. Um, you want people focused on the the matter in hand rather than the fact that that they're really cold. So again, it's it's quite a simple thing, temperature in a room, but but really not enough consideration often often given to things like that. Getting really personal uh, to, to the individual. Sometimes I find, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a conversation about how comfortable do you feel in your clothes. You know, if if, if something is perhaps a little bit too tight, uh, you're probably going to be a bit more conscious of that uh, when when navigating your way through the different things that come at you during the day. So I'm kind of using those as illustrative examples uh, to really bring out that it's the big and the small and you know we should give give consideration to them uh other things in your environment that i think are are super important are the perhaps the introduction and in some case the removal of positive and negative triggers so uh, let's use a, a practical example of that if you if you introduce water coolers you're probably going to see that be a trigger, A, for people to drink more water and B, for probably people to have a few conversations around the water cooler. Uh, I was working with a lady oh, a couple of years ago now and she she was uh, heading towards uh, retirement. We were, we were kind of looking at how to manage that transition. She wasn't a particularly active person. She, she felt that... Uh, there was a risk as she headed into retirement that she could become really rather sedentary. But the idea of exercise, you know, uh, going to a gym, going for a run really, really didn't appeal to her. So we kind of left it that she'd have a think about some options and, and perhaps how she might uh, keep up her her motivation to, to get out there and, and do perhaps a little bit more exercise as she, as she headed into into retirement. Quite an extreme version here, but you know it's a great example of a trigger. Um, next time we met, um, she'd bought a dog, and uh, kind of rationale A that would be you know a good thing more generally for her as she headed into retirement. But B, uh, it was a trigger. It meant that she had to take the dog out for a walk. So that's a really you know quite, I guess quite a. I guess that's quite a big example of, of somebody introducing a trigger. Uh, another another trigger. I, I was did, did some work with Google a number of years ago, and I was quite impressed with one of their one of the meeting rooms that, that we were in. 
and it had the usual kind of motivational kind of slogans on on the walls etc but the one that really resonated with me was uh, a sign in in the middle of the room it had the same thing it was uh, on two, two sides so either side of the table you you could see what was written on it and it, it quite clearly stated, is this conversation contributing to the purpose of the meeting? I thought that was a great trigger. But in brackets underneath that, there was another trigger, which was, oh, by the way, has anybody actually described what the purpose of this meeting is? So there's two examples there, one from business, one from, from somebody's um, personal life of triggers that, that can actually encourage and help the sorts of things that you'd like to see uh, happen in your world. Okay, so um, I said I would use use these four episodes to consider uh, what I've been doing in terms of my uh, desire to ride the Tour of Flanders in 2020. So I thought I'd share just a few examples of some of the analysis that I did um, around uh, my preparation for for taking on this event and the environment. Uh, influences that that I would look to to kind of explore and experiment with and dedicate a bit of time to to kind of getting them to how I wanted them to be. So I've pulled out ten examples. Not going to go into loads of details on these, but just to give a a reasonable uh, reflection of the the different levels and different aspects of the environment. I think are going to be important for taking on this event. Okay, so number one, uh, clarity of my objective and uh, plan that I have to support that objective. So this is, it's kind of written down. Um, it's something that I've got some big, bigger uh, goals to aim at. But equally, I've got some, and I don't get overly... Uh, too far into the future with this I've got a kind of monthly outline and then each week I will sit down and consider the other things in my environment like you know the other uh, commitments that I have be that you know work be that family friends etc and see how the kind of ideal training that I'd like to do can can be uh, integrated into that so that that is uh, my point one, so clarity objective and the supporting plan to, to bring that to life. Um, number two, uh, processes to support my training. Okay, so this is, uh, I'll give just one example of a bit of a process uh, that I've put in place here. So these are the things that, that I would like to do to minimise my, perhaps my procrastination about training, perhaps my ability for some of the um, perhaps unhelpful emotions to, that, that can sometimes come out when, you know, particularly for me, training quite often means getting up quite early in the morning. So what process can I put in play to help me navigate my way through that? You know, nothing radical here. It's it's pretty straightforward. It's, you know, where I know I'm going to be training early in the morning, prep the kit the night before. Um, and that certainly is, is a trigger for me when I get up and helps me minimise the kind of potential distractions and excuses that, that I can sometimes uh, create for, for myself. So that's number two. That's processes to support training. Number three, I guess uh, riding a cycling event and training for a cycling event, uh, quite an important part of that is the bike. Uh, and uh, so making sure the bike that I've got is kind of 
you know, what I need. I've kind of been experimenting with a few things, a few different positions on the bike. I'm spending a lot more hours on the bike than, than I would normally. So getting a few sort of aches and pains in shoulders and, and perhaps a little bit lower back, you know, all common, common stuff. But, you know, what am I doing? The bike's a part of my environment. What can I do to, to help support myself? And, you know, one example of that, I've, I've changed the height of of my handlebars and that that's really helping with some of the uh, lower back pain that, that I was experiencing that's number three the bike number four so I guess when you're on the bike you're going to be wearing some clothes so bike kit what what, what does that look like um, and the example I'll pull out here is you know preparing as we head towards autumn uh, certainly darker mornings darker nights uh, temperature starting to dip uh, just making sure I've got the right kit and enough of the right kit to support the training throughout the week. Uh, so I've made a, a few purchases there. Um, decent lights, uh, decent kind of base layers for making sure that I'm kind of keeping warm, uh, uh, but not too warm uh, as I uh, undertake the, the training rides. So it's number four, bike kit. Number five, uh, so I'm doing a reasonable amount of training, uh, some interesting bike routes. So, you know, perhaps some of these rides I get a bit bit further afield than I would normally. Um, you know, there's some great technology that we can use now to, to plot and plan different different routes. So it's kind of looking at that, dedicating enough time, allowing enough time to prep those routes and um, give myself some, some interesting things to explore when I'm perhaps typically at a weekend going on, on a longer ride. So that's number five, the bike routes. Six, um, it can sometimes really help if you've got a riding partner. Uh, so, you know, there's one person in particular, it's really great to ride with them. They're also going to be riding Ron, so we can chat about chat about the event and just how training is going more generally. Um, a really important part of this, uh, certainly that, that individual is uh, stronger th- than I am at the, at the moment. So that's a real kind of encouragement for me. He's very supportive, uh, brings me on, brings me out. Uh, so yeah, really a positive introduction into the uh, environment. So that's number six, riding partner. Number seven, um, just my understanding of what the event is all about. So the the types of terrain, I, I kind of know it. I've been watching it for years. Um, I kind of know the rough sorts of things, but just understanding that to perhaps a couple, a little bit more depth, a little bit more depth of understanding, and and to do that, you know, there's. We're spoiled, aren't we, modern times? And you know, the, the level of uh, information we can find out about any any subject, not just uh, sporting events. Um, so video, uh, YouTube, we've been watching quite a lot of YouTube whilst um, perhaps training on the static trainer. Um, reading there's a particular book that I've been reading and a number of people have, have written blogs and things about, about taking on the event and uh, some of the other... Uh, uh, elements that that they found uh, helped them get get through things. So yeah, some hints and tips there that have been been really useful, and um, no doubt I'll be taking a number of those forward as a as I take on the event uh, next April. So that's number seven: understanding of the event itself. Number eight: uh, relationships. So I, I mentioned when I was talking about my uh, supporting plan that you know much of this is about. Um, 
kind of looking at the other things that I've got going on in in my world, uh, it's uh, important that I consider the wider relationships and you know have conversations with people. It takes you know, a reasonable amount of time to to, to train for this and. Uh, prepare for it so you know making sure everybody's happy and understands that I've got a really supportive network particularly close family uh, they've been brilliant um, to, to help me do this and it's also about um, understanding you know where the where the red lines are you know what's 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 a non-negotiable and you know keeping that as as, as an active active dialogue um, you know if there's particular things I need to be doing uh, in, in in as part of my wider commitments beyond the bike, you know, what are they? And am I kind of um, talking about those and making sure that that they're being factored in with the right level of priority and uh, focus? So it's number eight: relationships. Okay, um, number nine: uh, adapting the the elements outside of the project. So this one. It kind of, I guess, is a little bit like the the processes to support training, but um, I mentioned I'm doing quite a lot of this early in the morning, and I'm I'm quite a big uh, fan of uh, morning routines and uh, introducing the the training uh, as I have has meant you know, some of the things that I would naturally do, uh, yeah, I've done for years um, that they need to be. Uh, adapted to, to, to include the, the time required for training so this is things like uh, preparing for the day ahead um, catching up with news catching up with mail uh, if I'm straight out on the bike it, it's, it's certainly more difficult to, to do that so so being aware of that and saying okay so how do I adapt and uh, how do because I still need to do those things and, and certainly for me much of that is is kind of um, flipping forward a few hours and doing it the night before so as um, you know I've got a completely clear run when I first get up in the morning so it's number nine adapting other elements outside of the project final one uh, is this little canter around the different elements of the environment that I'm pulling out as examples is is food and drink number 10 so um, this is, uh, I guess it's got a couple of elements to it, really. It's, it's making sure that I've got the right food and uh, hydration strategies in place for when I'm on the bike, but also just managing things when I'm off the bike. Um, you know, uh, cyclists can become quite obsessive about, about weight. I'm certainly not in that category. Um, uh, but there is something about, you know, it's, it's easier to ride up hills is there, if there is less of you. So, so doing that in a way that uh, is, is managed and sustainable is, is something that I've been kind of dedicating a bit of time and planning and effort to. Certainly for me, um, and I know talking with, with other people and, and working with them actually, um, when I train um, in, in quite a focused way, I, I tend to, to eat a little bit better uh, than I would if I wasn't training. So, so that's 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 kind of helpful. So that's number ten, food and drink. So there's there's a range of examples there, some big, some small, and obviously they are just illustrative. The point I'm uh, really trying to draw out in this uh, cast is that you know if you've got a particular objective that you're looking to achieve, sitting down with a you know perhaps a cup of coffee blank sheet of paper or a computer screen and just jotting down the things that are in your environment that could be you know, positively or negatively impacting on you uh, and your pursuit of that objective is probably going to be time uh, really well spent. 
Um, with that in mind, uh, this isn't a particularly new thing for the Effective Challenge website, but it's probably worth pointing you at it. Um, if you go to the Effective Challenge uh, homepage, which is uh, effectivechallenge.com, uh, scroll down, there is a, uh, a graphic where you can link to um, a kind of short workbook um, that will help you do your, you know, analysing your environment and perhaps drawing out some of the things that you might want to do and adapt with a with a particular objective in mind. Uh, it's free, free of charge. Um, really interested in any uh, thoughts or any kind of changes you make as a result. Uh, so if that and that is the case and you, you, you do that, then then please, I'm, as I say, I'm super keen to hear from you. Uh, drop me a line. Uh, it's Damien, D-A-M-I-A-N, at effectivechallenge.com. Okay, so that's part two of four in the analysis of BEST. Uh, coming up in the next episode, we'll be looking at some of the, the skills elements uh, about being your BEST. Uh, and then the final part of the series will be um, looking at time and, and in that the choices for how we spend our time. Um, final thing for me, if you've you know, if you've enjoyed this, uh, obviously happy to feel. Uh, to receive your comments and feedback, please subscribe. And if I'm really pushing my luck, uh, it's great to get five star reviews or, or any review. Um, uh, certainly, if there's things that we could or I could be doing better, uh, things that you want to see, things that you want to hear, then um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely up for 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 receiving that. So until next time, stay well and uh, be good. <laughs>